Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. Well, what an exciting day today. Uh, We are going to be continuing our series called The Battle You Must Win. Turn to the person next to you and say, The Battle You Must Win. Can I just get just a little less level on this mic, please? Thank you so much. And uh, we've been going on this journey these past couple of weeks, and we've got this statement that says this, The product of your life is determined by the pattern of your thoughts. The pattern of your thoughts will produce something. Your thoughts will take you somewhere. And if you want to change your life, you need to change your thoughts. And so today we're going to jump into our key passage. It's from Philippians chapter 4, an amazing passage. Uh, Verse 4, you can read on the screen or you can also uh, follow along if you've got a Bible or on your device as well. Philippians 4, 4. It says this, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And this is an amazing promise it says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about anxiety. And so what is anxiety? Well, we're going to be making quite a broad definition of anxiety, and we're going to be talking about your body's responses to stresses. Your body's responses to stress. Now, everybody experiences anxiety. I would say pretty much everybody, every day, would have some kind of response to life. Not everyone has the same response. And in fact, chronic anxiety is when those responses begin to limit what you're able to do. They limit your capacity. They limit what you can do. They move into an unhealthy stage. Here's what's interesting. We know from research that one in four Australians, which is a lot, at some stage in their life will struggle from chronic anxiety. One in four. And I'm sure that if we went around the room, that different ones of us in different ways at different times, we have had times in life where the stresses of life, the pressures in life have taken us and have uh, our bodies, our minds have not been able to cope with the different things that are going on. But anxiety is everybody. It's our body's responses to stress. I've never met a person that I've known well that doesn't have anxiety. It's not just worry. Anxiety can be uh, anger. It's just that anger is a much... uh, We feel better when we explode with anger. 
the problem is we just have to deal with the mess that we create. But often it's caused by the stresses of life. Here's what's interesting. I don't know if you've ever, for those that read the, the Bible and have studied the Bible, have read the book of Philippians. This is the Apostle Paul talking about anxiety. But did you ever notice in chapter 2, this particular uh, verse, verse uh, 28, this is Paul talking about uh, his companion Epaphroditus. And he says, Therefore I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less what? Anxiety. And so sometimes, and at least maybe not intentionally, sometimes in church we can kind of put a stigma on people with anxiety or worry and say, well, if you've got anxiety, that's bad. You need to kind of quickly either put a mask on or change it or something like that. But that's not what Paul is saying here. and We're going to unpack this passage together. But anxiety is a human problem. What is going to cause it? Life. And what makes us anxious? All kinds of th- different things and different things for different people. So here's some things that makes us anxious. Failure, lack of approval, we're not recognized, lack of acceptance when we're misunderstood or criticized, lack of control, things don't go as we plan, ambiguity. The world has got a lot of ambiguity going on at the moment, isn't it? There? There's a lot of uncertainty. Uncertainty can make us anxious. And when we're under pressure. Now, the issue with anxiety is that when this happens, we are going to do things differently. We are going to react differently. There are things that we're going to do and say and think that are reactive due to the anxiety that's caused by life. Who would say that? I'm going to start and say, what makes me anxious? One of the things that makes me anxious is when I am a passenger, not a driver, in a car. Okay, honest moment. I'm going to share some things. You can judge me, and then we'll talk about you, okay? How's that for a deal? <laughs> you know, when you're driving that, and you're, in a pass- you're a passenger, that different people have like a different lane position. You know, some people drive on like a little bit closer to the edge of the... And some people drive in the middle. Who's, who's noticed this? Can anyone relate? Or you're probably all very gracious, but just allow me my moment. (laughs) And so I was reminded of this issue last Monday when I was a passenger in the car. My beautiful wife was driving. (laughs) And there is no video of this, so I'm going to talk hypothetically, all right? This may or may not have happened. So how did I know my anxiety was driving, Beck was driving out, we've got a bigger car and uh, it's big but it's also a zippy uh, car and so I feel the anxiety rising and I kind of feel like I'm losing a little bit of my mind essentially (laughs) and so what am I thinking? We're going to crash. I wouldn't have gone this way. What's she doing? What am I doing? I'm holding on. All right. Occasionally I'm stomping. Why am I stomping? It's not that bad. And here's what I'm, I may or may not have said as I'm losing my mind with anxiety. This is, this is a trusted group, right? This is a tr- We're all friends here, right? You can, you can allow me to run. I may or may not have said, are you driving a go-kart? Okay? 
I'm, there is no evidence to say that. Where are you going? Do you know where you're going? Why did you turn there? This is not the best way, okay? So we've forgiven, I've asked her for forgiveness. We have made this right. But who knows that anxiety makes you lose control. It makes you do things. It makes you reactive instead of proactive. Can you ever create or build something meaningful being reactive? Can you create a great relationship with your wonderful wife? If you have one in my case or with anybody being reactive. This is what anxiety does. So I shared a little bit about where anxiety takes me, but what about you? I'm not going to ask answer you to, okay, let's take turns. Each person come up to the mic, confess. <laughs> how do you know when you're anxious? And how do you recognize when where that is taking you? So there's some physical things that happen to us. So sometimes we might uh, get a headache. Sometimes we might feel a racing. Sometimes we might feel a shortness of breath. Sometimes our head or mind might spin. Our bodies tighten. Sometimes we are frustrated in our speech. Question for you. If you were to finish this sentence, I'm not going to ask you to do it now. No. I know I am anxious when I am doing this. What would you say? Now, if you are having trouble working that out, ask somebody close to you and I'm sure that they will be very happy to tell you and it will be very easy for them to know and notice that. What makes us anxious? Now, today, we've got this wonderful map um, that Laura has done that is helping us navigate through the strongholds of the mind Last week, the well-worn path. And so we're talking about the cliffs of anxiety today. They take us to irrational places. And also, when we feel anxious, some people, not all people, but some people, we go to visit the Blue Lake. Okay, blue stands for something. The first is the B stands for blaming. Quite often when we are anxious, we either blame ourselves, very common, or we look to blame someone else. This is this reactivity from anxiety. The other thing that we do often is, L stands for, we look for the bad news. Okay, so things are going wrong and we look for it, which leads to my second one and my favorite one, the U, is unhappy guessing. Who's good at playing the unhappy guessing game? Let's think of the worst case scenario. Last week, we talked about uh, people who have a regular appointment with Dr. Google. And so they have a headache and then they diagnose themselves with a very rare condition that only one other person in history has had. Okay, this can be sometimes a pattern of thinking that we catastrophize. And we think this is, this is terrible and the E, this is not everyone does this, different people respond in different ways, is being exaggeratedly negative. So blaming, looking for bad news, unhappy guessing, and being exaggeratedly negative. Now remember, when we're talking about anxiety, we're not just talking about worry or fear, but we are talking about 
what makes us reactive, what makes us think and say and do things that are not what we would normally do because of the stress and the pressure. So sometimes we'll go to the Blue Lake, other times we might go to the fridge or we might go internet shopping or we might go to Chermside or we might try and look for things or we might go to a bottle or we might go to a pill or we might go to the binge or we might go to a screen. We've got to understand that anxiety, unless we recognize it, and what we're going to talk about, unless we partner with God in using the authority that we have, it is going to take us to places that, not necessarily that we don't want to go, because I like going to the shops, right? But it's places that is not going to produce things. If you are in a a habit, say for example, we're talking about shopping, of needing to shop to make you feel better, that is not a healthy life habit. Enjoy your shopping, but we're talking about what are healthy responses to anxiety. So we're taking this serious. And as I said, a strong and dominant expression of anxiety is anger. Now, if you're an angry person, or if you're around an angry person, you may not necessarily feel that that person is anxious. But usually it's the pressures, the unmet expectations. That's a pretty big thing, right? Unmet expectations. They are going to force a reaction. For some people, it might want them to curl up in a ball. But for other people, it may cause them to be powerful and dominant. So the more that we're aware, and particularly in our responsibilities as leaders of ourselves and in our households, in our relationships... I don't know about you, but I don't want a relationship that is dominated by my reactivity to anxiety because I am not going to produce anything worthwhile, right? I'm not going to be healthy. And as I grow as a leader and leading this church, I'm going to recognize sometimes there are things that make me anxious because there are so many things out of control. So I'm just going to take a deep breath and I'm going to work through it, and I'm thinking, how can I make this productive? I don't want it to be reactive. I want to produce something that is healthy, and I think that is great. So let me give you five impacts of anxiety. The first is that anxiety makes us irrational and unreasonable. Whether you agree with this, some of these you may agree with or notice within yourself or around you. So it produces reactivity. When I'm reactive, I'm using all my energy to fix something or to uh, fight against something rather than to release creativity and build something. Anxiety makes us harsh and hard. I would say that if I get anxious, I'm more likely to get snappy. That's one of the reasons I know that what comes out of my mouth says, hey, Andrew, you are not in the best place. You need to do something. All right? Anxiety makes us ungrateful and unthankful. And this is really important. Um, Anxiety hurts people closest to us that love us the most. Would you agree? That when we're anxious, sometimes we can uh, deal with that if we're out at the workplace. But if we're anxious in the home, that's usually where people will experience the brunt of what is going on. And finally... Anxiety damages a peaceful atmosphere. Have you ever been in a a room or an environment or a workplace 
when it was peaceful and then someone walked in bringing anxiety. And what usually happens? The anxiety level in the room rises. Sometimes that's us. We, we can bring anxiety into the room. And so we need to recognize if we are going to produce not just peace within us, which we'll talk about, which is essential, but peace in an atmosphere, peace in a church, peace in a connect group, we need to recognize what anxiety can do. We need to diagnose it within ourselves and apply the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, if you don't let it, the most anxious person in the room can have the most power. Not always, but sometimes. And so we need to understand that. So there are five things. What do those five things tell us? That we need to pay attention to anxiety. Otherwise, it's going to be damaging. Otherwise, it's not going to allow us to experience peace. But I have got some good news, and we're going to look at verse 7 about God's plan. God's plan for you, for your heart, starting here and overflowing into our church, into your home. God's plan is that you would have peace of mind, that you would have peace of mind, that you would be in an atmosphere with peace. Who would like that? Who would like to live in a peaceful atmosphere? I would. And so it says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, this is powerful. There's a couple of reasons why this is powerful. There's an image that the Apostle Paul is giving to us, and he says, when, it's, when the peace of God will guard, the word that he's using is also garrison. Okay, so sometimes we feel like our peace can be fragile, and our peace can be easily robbed. Who would say, sometimes I feel like my peace, I have peace, but it's fleeting. But the promise here, Garrison, the Apostle Paul is uh, speaking at a time during the Roman Empire, and a garrison, one of the, the figures of a garrison, is 24,000 troops. So he's saying there is a strength in the guarding of the Lord for your peace. And what we need to do is we need to step into that 24,000 soldiers. Imagine at that time, if your peace is in the middle of 24,000 Roman soldiers, would you feel confident? I think you'd feel very confident. And that is the type of confidence that the Apostle Paul is telling us about the peace of God. Has anyone tried to ever worry your way to peace? Yes, yeah, I have. We do it all the time. It doesn't work, but then we sign up for it again. Why do we do it? Because we haven't learnt the pattern that God has offered. And I'm going to give you the starting point. And I'm going to give you four words that when you experience anxiety, I believe if you not just listen to these words, but if you take them to heart, you are going to experience something that is incredibly powerful and they come from this passage and these four words are these. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. When we're anxious as believers, as Jesus followers, do you know what we've forgotten? 
we've forgotten that God is with us. We've forgotten that it's not just up to us. We've forgotten that we have this incredible power and this incredible personal presence of God. And so I want to encourage you in this journey, I don't know where you are right now, I don't know what your history is, or I don't know the level of your circumstances, and I'm not being at all trite, or I'm not downplaying the impacts of anxiety, I'm not at all saying that you shouldn't go and get medical attention and, and see specialists, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying do all of those things. But what I'm also saying in the midst of doing that, remind yourself that Jesus is with you, that it's not all up to you. You know, uh, many years ago I had, uh, I, just, I had this conversation with God and I had something in my mind and um, part of my, my history is I was in um, sales and I used to do sales strategy and I was very good at my job and one of the things that I was good at was making decisions based on a lot of data quite quickly. And so that was a strength for me that was recognised decision-making. But in this situation, I had narrowed the options for the situation I was facing to two or three. I was like, it's either going to be this or this or an outside chance is this. And God said to me, you've got no idea. You've come up with three. He said, I've got a thousand solutions and then another thousand and thousands upon thousands. I can change things in an issue. Here's what I want you to know. Do you know that the Lord is near? Do you know that Jesus is with you? Do you experience the closeness of God? Because this is the starting point. Anytime that I'm anxious, I need to remind myself now, the thing is, sometimes we, we would say, well, that's not true because I have pushed God away. And the truth is, the grace of God cannot be pushed away. God is present. Sometimes we turn our backs to God, that's true. But when we turn around, he's right there. Some of you might be struggling with things that you've done or things that have happened, and you think that that, that thing has created a barrier or a gap. Maybe it's something that you're not proud of. Maybe it's something that you've never told anybody. Maybe it's something that is on your mind when you lie awake at night. But I want to say, no matter what, God is near. The Lord is near. And when I understand that God is not distant, He is not uncaring, but He is close, and His desire is to bring me a strength in my peace, that's when I can begin. That, that's my starting point. Say to the person next to you, the Lord is near. And this passage, it says this, it says, rejoice in the Lord. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness, another way that we could translate this is reasonableness. Let your reasonableness be evident to all, don't be anxious, but in every situation, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Remember the, the five things that I told you that anxiety removes from us. It makes us harsh. It makes us hard. It makes us unreasonable and irrational. 
It makes us ungrateful. And the Apostle Paul says, when we know that the Lord is near, when we understand that his power is within us, that's when we can be thankful. Anxiety never makes me more gentle. Anxiety makes me snappy and harsh. But the presence of God, that makes me take a deep breath and go, it's okay, Andrew. Let's begin again. Let's start over. The thankfulness, the peace, and the atmosphere begins to change. There's one thing that I think is is really powerful, and if you have uh, some patterns of anxiety that have built up over years and perhaps even have been a result of how what was normal in your household and growing up and your experiences, I want you to know that if you have anxiety, then you also have all the tools that you need to be a powerful, uh, to have powerful prayer. Let me give you an example. So setting up today, we had a wonderful Zane. Give Zane a shout out. So Zane is a weapon. We love Zane here, baptized a couple of weeks ago. And so uh, don't want to embarrass him, but obviously he works out. So uh, Zane works out. And so I know from his biceps that he is a strong guy, right? And so if I know that he lifts weights, we needed help carrying uh, things of water. And so I said, Zane, let me know. I'm going to load you up. And so it was one, and I'm like, are you okay? Two, are you okay? Three, are you okay? Four, are you okay? So he's like got these four things of water. Why? Because I know that he has strength in one area that can be transferred to another area. Okay, this is what this passage is talking about. If you are anxious, you are most likely, the word that they use is ruminate you are most likely going to go over and over. You're going to have things that you think about, but the issue is that you're going to see yourself as the solution. We've got a little uh, thing up here, this cycle of anxiety. So in a cycle of anxiety, you're going to identify your problems, which is fantastic. But where you're going to be limited is you're going to see yourself as the solution to your problem or just see the resources that you have available close to you, all right? So you have this powerful process that is going, you have a strength in identifying issues where it's limited is that you haven't quite or you're still learning to understand what it is to do something with that. But if we go to the next slide here, this is the cycle of prayer. It's the same energy. So if you have anxiety, guess what? You are perfectly positioned to pray. You, all you've got to do is just make a slight change. All right? If I can uh, lift this, then I can lift this chair. Okay? Roughly the same way. I, have, I just change my focus, but it's the same energy. It's the same. I don't need anything else. And here's what I want you to understand is that if you have a pattern of anxiety in your life, I'm so excited for you. Because all you need to do is just change where you're directing that. That's all you need to do. And you're going to experience great peace. Now, like when we do things 
uh, different things like anything that we do. We talked about this. Uh, our brain establishes ruts or pathways, and so when, uh, which are healthy or can be healthy, but when we do something different, it feels unnatural and it takes a little while to get used to. But here's what I want to say. I want to encourage you to do this. If you are concerned about something, worried about something, that's okay. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to cycle around? Are you going to ruminate? Or are you going to recognize that God has given you incredible power to pray, to see breakthrough? Here's, here's a great thing, that we, we, can, we don't even just need to uh, limit ourselves to our own problems. We can think about, oh, this person's got a need. I can see this person's got a need. I'm going to pray for them. I've got this incredible power. I've got this incredible momentum. This person needs employment. This person is believing to buy their own home. Okay, I can pray for them. And so we just release this incredible life with the power of God. So you don't need anything different. You just need to redirect your energy. Does that make sense? This is what it means. And this is why it's possible for the Apostle Paul to say, don't be anxious about anything. It's like, really? It's like, stop doing bad things. Like you tell, you, tell your, you tell your kids, behave. And they're like, okay, no, I'm not doing that. Don't fight with your brother. But he did this. this is, the Apostle Paul is not being trite. He's just saying, you have incredible power within you. You just need to shift the focus. You just need to shift where you're directing that. And so we could say, okay, my problems, my solutions, my problems, my solutions. I'm going to worry myself out. I'm going to worry myself to peace. I'm going to think about this. I'm going to crunch the numbers. I'm going to put this on a spreadsheet. Or I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be miserable to be around. Or we could say, the Lord is near. God, what do you got for me? I'm out of options. I'm out of solutions. And so this is the power of God that is available. I'm going to invite Naomi back. We're going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to take a moment. As a church, we've said this a number of times. It's worthwhile to say that. When it comes to anxiety, when it comes to depression, we encourage people to get help, uh, professional help. Psychologists, Christian psychologists, counsellors, visiting uh, medical practitioners, we encourage you to do that. We encourage you to make decisions to have a different pattern, to identify what is unhealthy by what it is producing and make changes. The other thing that we believe is that God's presence is here to meet us. So in a moment, we're going to pray for the presence of the Holy Spirit to heal minds, to heal memories. And when we do that, we are not discounting any of those other things. We're just believing that God can work in any number of different options. So once you bow your head, close your eyes. 
Jesus, we thank you for your presence here. We thank you that you are near. Right now, are you convinced that God is near to you? If you're not, I'll be convinced for you. But allow his presence to be close to you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've said. It doesn't matter what you're not proud of. It doesn't matter the mistakes that you wish you could change. The Lord is near. And we're going to pray for the presence of God just to flood your heart with peace. And if you could use a little more peace, if you want God to do something in your mind, everyone's eyes are closed, just lift up your hand. We'll direct our faith just as an act of faith. Say, God, I, I, want, I want your peace. I want your presence. Yeah, all over. Hands going up all over. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Some of you, I want you to know today, God wants you to know that he is guarding you. He is your shield. He is your garrison. He is the one that is going to lift your head. If you're downcast, if you can't see clearly, if your view is limited by your problems and your own ability to fix them, that God is going to do an incredible thing. So God, we thank you for your presence. Just receive, just receive. Just say, God, I'm in. I want your presence. I want your presence. This is how it works. The Holy Spirit is patient and kind. He does not impose himself. But as we open our hearts, he begins to work in our lives. So God, we thank you. Lord, you are present, not just here on a Sunday morning. You are present in the middle of the night. I see people smiling when they're alone, enjoying the presence of God. In the middle of the night when they wake up, the first thing they say is, God, you're near. The Lord is near. The presence is here. Jesus is with me. I want to encourage you. Jesus is with you. Can I say it again? Some of you need to hear you. Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. I'm going to say it again. Jesus is with you. The person who is arguing with me in your mind, you are the person that I'm speaking to. Jesus is with you. What do you need to do? Receive. Receive. Receive His presence. Receive His grace. That's what you need to do. You don't need to work at anything, but you need to allow yourself to be the recipient of the free gift of God. Not because of you, not because of me, but because of Jesus Christ. And I'm speaking to some people and I'm saying, God's giving you clarity. He's given you freedom in your mind. He's giving you breakthrough. He's giving you the capacity. Some of you who have walked into this place and you may have described yourself as an anxious person or a worried person, you're going to walk out of here with hope that God's called you to be a mighty prayer warrior. 
And if the Holy Spirit is talking to you, I can see Him highlighting some people, but I'm not going to share you that with you. But the Holy Spirit is talking to some of you saying, I've called you. This anxiety that you might have experienced, this worry, this is actually a gift from me to purpose it to advance my kingdom, to purpose it to see my kingdom established, to pray for the people around you. And I've called you to pray. I've called you to open up. So God, we're so grateful for who you are, who you are to us, what you're doing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Can we give God a thanks? Yeah, come on. Thank you, God. We're going to have um, just a, a little bit of tea and those who are around for Inside Scoop will be starting that shortly. Uh, say hello to somebody. Go out of your way to um, find out something about them. And so good to see you. We'll be here uh, next week. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Uh, There's going to be prayer available over in this corner if you want to respond in prayer. But God bless. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community. Thank you.